Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Fellowship Greenville Student Ministry Podcast. This week, Dallas is continuing our series on heaven and earth and focusing on how we can trust that we have a good God who loves us. By looking at the story in Genesis chapter 1, we see that God, in the midst of chaos, began to create good, and today is still creating good in the chaos of our lives. And therefore, we can trust Him since He has always made His home among His people. We hope you enjoy this message. All right, all right. We got a bumper this week. We got a little video, so it's up to you guys to work on the dance moves for that one, all right, as you do uh, so well with every series. So we are in week two of Heaven and Earth Collide, right? Isn't that, isn't that a, a fun, fun series title? And this uh, hopefully is starting to stir up some questions in you, things about Earth and Heaven and Hell, and you guys are actually going to have a chance to write some of those questions down in your small groups today. So uh, small group leaders, that is one of your, your questions, is an invitation for students to write down any questions that they have. And so uh, if, you, if you get to that point, there are little slips of paper. I'm doing this on the front end because I think I'm probably going to forget on the back end. Uh, There's little slips of paper in your small group rooms in those little uh, buckets right next to each door. And there's also some pins in there. So feel free to grab those and write any questions. You don't have to put your name on it. These can be anonymous and um, your leaders will gather them up and hand them in at the end of the day. So uh, before we get to small groups though, we are going to spend some time in the scriptures and spend some time talking together for just a second. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, and we will get there in just a second. It's really, really easy. It's the first like page, basically, of your Bible. Okay, there's like the table of contents and uh, some uh, publishing and copyright things, I'm sure, in there. But it's basically the first, first page of the scripture. So uh, Genesis chapter 1. Before we get there, though, how many of you guys have ever seen the show Survivor? Has anybody seen the show? Survivor. Okay. Now, listen, I'm not, let me, let me preface this. I'm not saying if, if your parents have said you can watch Survivor when you're older. Okay. I get it. Cause sometimes people say mean words and sometimes they're really dramatic. So I'm not telling you to watch it. Okay. If, if you have to wait, please wait. Uh, but the basics of Survivor and, and we, we've watched every season of it. Okay. So, uh, we're Survivor heads. We're Survivor nuts. We're, uh, kind of crazy about Survivor in my household. And basically, Survivor, you're trying to be the last one on this island. Eventually, there's voting and all this kind of stuff. But basically, you're trying to be the sole survivor. And if you are the sole survivor out of a group of, you know, anywhere from like 18 to 25 or so, uh, you get a million dollars. Okay, so it's big stakes big stakes at hand. And one of the biggest parts of Survivor, like you watch these people on an island and they, you know, they do things like eat. And so they have to figure out how they're going to catch food, catch fish, uh, how they're going to win things because there's all kinds of team competitions and individual competitions. There's voting that takes place. And this is really where the biggest portion of Survivor comes in. And it's this little word called trust. How many of you would say that that's probably the most important thing in Survivor if you've seen the show? Anybody? Oh, wow. Many people don't, don't agree with that. Well, I would say that trust is the most important thing on Survivor. Basically, you're, you're there for a period of weeks, and what you're trying to do is build relationships with people so that they will vote with you and so they will not vote against you. 
You're trying to build relationships with people, build trust with people so that when it comes time to vote somebody off the island and every couple days they vote somebody off the island, you want to make sure that you have enough people around you that you trust, at least to some extent, so that you stay on the island as long as possible. And it's hard because you have never met these people before. That's kind of the, one of the big ideas of Survivor, is that you're dropped on an island with a group of people that you have never met, never had any interactions with them before, and somehow you have to build trust with these people. And so you do it by maybe catching fish together. You do it by competing in competitions together. You do it by building your home together. You do it by these things that we call shared experiences. But no matter how much trust you think one person has with another person, there is always a point in Survivor where you are blown away with, oh my, did they really just break trust? Did they really just vote that person out? And that's part of the the tension and the drama and the excitement of Survivor. It's all around this one word of trust. And Not only is trust extremely important in Survivor if you ever hope to win a million dollars on it one day, and I know some of you have probably already been training uh, to win your million dollars on Survivor, but not only is trust important in Survivor, but trust is one of the most important parts of all of life. And really, I mean, if if you don't believe me, here's the the basis uh, of any relationship is trust. Think about it. Like, if you don't trust somebody, Are you ever going to be willing to share like even anything with them? Like even your name, right? There has to be a little bit of trust even for us to share our names with somebody. I got a weird text yesterday. They said, hey, exclamation mark, is this Dallas? And I spent like 15 minutes trying to figure out, it's a a number I don't know. Am I actually gonna respond and tell this person that, that my name is Dallas? Because I don't know who's on the other end. I don't know what they're trying to sell me. I don't know what they're trying to do. Like, you know, some, some older folks in here might think uh, they're trying to hack your phone. I don't think they can do that, but, but maybe, right? That went through my head at some point. And so like even that exchange, and I know it doesn't always go like that when we're in person, but there has to be even an ounce of trust before we do something like share our names, let alone before we open up our heart and say, man, yeah, this is what I've been thinking about. This is what I've been struggling with. Or, uh, you know, some, some of you may not know this, but, but my, uh, my wife's mother just passed away a couple weeks ago, and it's a, it's a long, complicated story, but for her to open up her heart to others about, about that is even like, it's a big question of trust. She, she only really wants to do it and be real and open and raw and honest with what she's going through with a few trusted people. Trust is a huge deal. Maybe you don't believe me yet, but maybe this will help. Some of you know what it's like to have your trust broken. You know what it's like to live years maybe or, or even just a period of months thinking that somebody is uh, a good friend, thinking that somebody is trustworthy. Maybe it's somebody that you just built a relationship this year uh, at school with, and, and then for whatever reason, they just decide to turn their back on you, maybe even kind of stab you in the back and break all trust. And now you don't think you could ever really trust them again. We, we may not use words like this on a regular basis, but, but trust is a key part of life, a key part of all relationships. So let me just ask you, this is a, a rhetorical question. You can just think about this in your head, but who is it that you trust? Who is it that you know, like, hey, I, I could share some things with this person, and they, they're not going to, like, tell anybody. They're not going to, 
you know, whether it's ratting you out or, or they're not going to share sensitive subjects with somebody who you don't trust as much. Is it your parents? Is it friends? Is it grandparents? Is it, who, who might it be in, in your life? We know what it's like when we can trust somebody and the, the security and the, man, I'm so thankful for that. And we know what it's like when trust is broken. Well, part of the, the story that we started unraveling last week, this story of what God is doing all throughout uh, time, all from, from the beginning of creation until the very end when everything is put back together and right just the way he intended it to be from the beginning, part of when we start to see what God is doing in this story is that, man, once we see that like, oh, that's what God was doing here and that's what God was doing here and that's what God was doing here. When we see his faithfulness over time, which is actually something we were singing about just a few moments ago. When we see his faithfulness over time, when we see his faithfulness in the big picture, it actually lets us know that we can trust our God. We can trust him, maybe even more than you thought possible. So let's keep going in this. We are gonna be in Genesis chapter one. One more thing before we get there. We got the picture from last week. Tech team, do you guys have that? Here it is. So just real quick recap from last week. If you missed it, uh, you can go back and watch the full thing on YouTube or you can listen to it on our podcast. Uh, But here's the basics. This top portion up here is what we said that so many people, Christians and non-Christians, they think that this is what Christians uh, believe about the Bible and what they believe to be true about all of life. And these things are not untrue, but they aren't the big picture. So let me really quickly explain. Most people, again, we're, we're working with this top drawing up here. Uh, most people think, hey, uh, the earth was created, creation was created, and then at some point, uh, we came onto the scene, me and, and you, and this line represents our life, the line between earth and heaven and hell. And most people believe that Christians think that our whole life, it just boils down to make the right decisions, make good choices, be a good person, and at the end of your life, you get to go to heaven or you get to go to hell. That's, that's how a lot of people would sum up uh, what we believe about the world and what we believe about life. And those things are not untrue. Yeah, we believe that the earth was created. We, leave, we believe that at some point you and I came onto the scene. We believe that we, we live and that there's a lot of choices in this life that we get to make. And hey, I hope that we make some good choices. I hope that we make some, some right choices. Uh, and we do believe that we go to heaven or to hell when we die. We do believe in hell. We do believe in heaven. Like these things are true, but there is a bigger picture that's unfolding. Here's the big picture, and then I'll tell you briefly why this is important, and then we'll talk about trusting God. The bigger picture is that in the beginning, God created everything, and it was very, very good, and it was just as he intended. It was heaven on earth. In fact, it was heaven and earth together. God was walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. Everything was just as he had intended. Heaven and earth were together. That's why those two drawings, they're overlapping. They could be like completely folded over each other, but I wanted to make sure you knew there were two circles there. So heaven and earth were combined when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, when they chose to worship themselves instead of worshiping God. Not only did sin break us apart in relationship to God, but these two realms or these two domains of heaven and earth were also split. So there's two circles now. Man, that stinks, doesn't it? But because that's not God's intent, because that's not how he created this whole thing to be to begin with, he would go after us and he would go after things being made right. And 
You get to read all about that in, in the Old Testament all the way up until the New Testament where Jesus comes onto the scene and Jesus is represented by that cross right there between heaven and earth. And on the cross, his work on the cross, he was reuniting. He was ushering in the kingdom. He was letting us know the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. That probably sounds familiar. That's because it's, it's in the scriptures all throughout Jesus' teaching. And he was a, the, the key part of bringing heaven and earth back together. So that one day, we're gonna to get to experience what Adam and Eve experienced in the garden at the very beginning. We're going to experience heaven and earth overlapping again, heaven and earth becoming one again. When we read <clears throat> at the end of the Bible in Revelation about the new heavens and the new earth, this is the picture that's being talked about. Why is this such a big deal? Why does it matter that we get this big picture? Why are we gonna keep unraveling it over the next few weeks? <clears throat> well, for one, when we think that that top line is our whole life, here's what our whole life becomes focused on. And maybe you've felt this. Maybe you know somebody who's felt this. Or maybe you've thought this, and this is why you're like, I don't really know if the, if the Christian life is a life for me. If that top story is the story of the Christian life, the, this life becomes about just doing good instead of I think when you understand the bigger picture of that bottom story, instead of living the good life. And I don't mean like the good life like some people talk about online, like, hey, the good life, get the money, get the cars, get the houses. No, 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 no. I mean like the, the abundant life. What'd you say? <laughs> Just th buy your way to heaven. Yeah, with Cheetos, right? Uh, no, like, so... Top line becomes, hey, I need to make sure I do good. I need to make sure I, or sorry, I need to make sure I be good. I need to make sure I make the right choices. I need to make sure I say the right things. And it becomes this checklist and becomes this thing that we often call legalism in the church where if you don't do the right thing, then these things are gonna happen to you or you're gonna be guilt-ridden and have all this shame because you, you messed up and you didn't read a chapter of your Bible today. It becomes all about you and the things that you do or don't do when the truth is, <clears throat> yes, those things are important. Yes, we should strive to make the best decisions, but that's not all that life is about. God has invited us, this is where it gets really excited, exciting, not just to be good, but to live this good, abundant, full, satisfying life with him. And that as he's bringing heaven and earth back together, that you and I get to be a part of that. That everywhere we go, this, this is crazy, that everywhere we go, we can kind of, we can like, we, have, we can touch heaven in a sense. That if you are a believer, if you are a son or daughter of God and you have the Holy Spirit, you have God living inside of you. We're going way further than I intended to go. But if you, have, if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, that everywhere you go, you can make little pockets of heaven with how you love people, with how you care for people, with how you approach your schoolwork, with how you approach your chores and your family and your neighborhoods and all of these things that everywhere you go, you get to be a part of this reuniting of heaven and earth. Because Jesus said the kingdom is here, but, but it, hasn't, it hasn't just gone away but it actually keeps moving forward. Time keeps moving forward. Heaven and earth keep moving forward to the point where God will one day bring them fully together. All right, I said it. We uh, have gone much further than I intended to go this morning. Let's read in Genesis chapter one. Part of this story, uh, we're gonna start at the very beginning and see, uh, maybe, maybe you're already starting to feel it. Man, I can trust God. If that's what he's doing, then I can trust him. Well, good, because that's kind of what we're talking about in the direction that we're going this morning, okay? 
So Genesis chapter one, we're going to read the first five verses and then kind of talk about the rest of it, all right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. All right. First up, when God is creating everything, when he's creating everything out of nothing, in the beginning, here's what was there, chaos, right? In the beginning, the first few verses that we read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of, uh, the, face of the deep. There was chaos there, and here's what God did in a nutshell. He took chaos and brought order to it. There was darkness. The earth was without form, without void, and he brought order to it. He spoke and there was light. He spoke and if you keep reading Genesis 1, there were animals and there were plants and there were, there were fish, there were birds, there were all these things. He spoke it all into existence and he, and he brought order into all of it. All these things God created, he just spoke and it was there. That's how powerful and mighty and awesome our God was. And maybe a question before we move on for you is, what chaos in your life? Because God, God didn't just stop at creation, providing order to things. But all throughout the Bible, you see God stepping into chaotic situations and circumstances and bringing order to them. All throughout the Bible, you see broken families, you see broken and messed up people, you see hurting people, you see crazy situations that like should, should be drama shows on TV or sometimes are, are, are crazier than some of the, the movies that we have in our, our, our well, not our, in our movie theater so much anymore, but movies that we watch. God steps into crazy situations, chaotic situations, and he brings order, he brings hope, he brings himself into those situations. Are there moments in your life, are there chaotic spaces in your world where you need God to bring order? Is it in your mind? Is it with things at school? Is it chaos in your family that you just haven't been willing to share with anybody yet? Where are the chaotic places in your life? Where are the chaotic places in my life that we need God to step in and provide order? Because he, he, he didn't just do it once, but he has been doing it throughout all of time. And so what would it look like for you to take that chaos to God and say, hey, create something new out of this. I need you. I don't know which way to go. I don't know where to turn. I need order from this chaos, and only you can do it. Maybe you've wondered this about God creating everything, <clears throat> and we'll, we'll answer kind of one aspect of it. It's like, why? Why did he create it all to begin with? Why did, why did he make us if he knew that we were going to mess up? Like, like, why did he do all this to begin with? And there's only so much that we could talk about this morning, but here, I think, is one piece of what God was doing. Think about it. He created all these things. He created light and animals and 
the earth and the seas and vegetation, plants, all, all these things. He created all of it and he said that all of it was very good, created us, said that we were very good. And in all of it, here's what I want you to know is all of it being made was worshiping and pointing to God. Have you ever thought about that? Throughout the rest of scriptures, we read that like the rocks cry out, that the waves obey, that all of these things that we see and experience and get to enjoy here on earth are glorifying God. Why is that so important? Well, one of the things that we see all throughout the Bible, but also all throughout our, even our culture today, is that people build these things called temples. And with temples, the intent is that the whole thing would be designed in a way that would worship and glorify, bring glory to whoever the God is that's being worshipped. And so people go, even go so far as to, uh, hey, this certain temple or this certain space of God has to point in a certain direction. Maybe it has to point east or maybe it has to point west so that it worships God. And so they, they make sure they line everything up and they make sure that the whole building is pointing in one direction to worship. If you walk into the temple, there's certain rooms that are for certain types of worship. There's certain uh, images or idols that are made uh, in, in honor of or worshiping this God. Why is this important? Part of what God was doing in creating earth was to make a space for him to inhabit. It's a temple that everything in it would worship God, and bring glory to God. Where, where are the images? Where, where are the idols? He made us in his image. He made us as, as people who would mirror and reflect him to the world. Part of what God was doing, and this is, this is what God's been working and, and moving all throughout history to get back to. He, he was able to walk in the garden and walk and talk with Adam and Eve because it was a dwelling place made even for God a temple that was designed to worship him and all that it did and everything that was living on it. Why is this a big deal? Because most of us think that God created the earth and he made it not like a dwelling place, not like a place he would like to spend time and hang out and not like a place where he actually wants to interact with his creation. But I think a lot of us see God and the earth more like God's an ant farmer. Have you ever seen an ant farm? You know, you, you get, get a bunch of dirt or whatever, and you kind of put it in this glass thing, and you drop a bunch of ants into it, and then you just watch. And maybe every now and then you provide a little bit of food, but for the most part, it's you just standing back, or me just standing back, maybe sitting down and just watching what happens and watching it unfold, having very little interaction with these ants. And most of us think that, that's, that that was God's intent that that's what God's doing right now. But no, no, no. From the very beginning, he didn't want to be distant, but he wanted to be with us. He wanted to be with us. So what, what happens when, when Adam and Eve choose to disobey? Really, if, if, the, if this temple that was earth was meant to worship God, here's what Adam and Eve did is they twisted it and tried to make this a place that would worship them where they could make their own decisions, where they could choose what to do, where they could choose to disobey God. And that's exactly what they did. And, 
And when they did it, things couldn't quite be the way that they were supposed to be. The heaven and earth did break apart. This, this dwelling place was not quite what it was intended to be from the beginning. But God didn't stop finding ways to be with his people. I know this is a lot. I know this is like big picture, but maybe some things are connecting in your mind. But all throughout the Old Testament, what does God do? He's not actually walking with his people anymore. We can't quite get there just yet. But he showed up to people in a way that they couldn't fully see him because, again, things aren't the way that they're supposed to be, but he showed up in a cloud. He showed up in a pillar of fire. He showed up in this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. He showed up and he would make his presence known in temples that were designed, like actual physical building temples this time, that were designed to be places where he could dwell. And eventually he showed up in the form of Jesus. God in the flesh. But he didn't stop there. Because when Jesus leaves, he promises, I'm going to send a helper. It's actually going to be better for me to leave. And he sent it in the form of the Holy Spirit. That now, it's crazy. The earth was intended to be this temple, this dwelling place. There were all kinds of temples and things all throughout the Old Testament. Jesus was God in the flesh, a, a body housing the full power of God. And now, the Holy Spirit has decided to find its temple in me and you until one day this whole thing is as God intended from the beginning. Do you see that big, massive picture started out that we could dwell perfectly with God, that he he wanted to dwell with us from the beginning. He He was never intending to be distant from us. He always wanted to be with us and for us to be with him. And even when we mess that up, Even when these two worlds, these two domains were torn apart, God was still moving towards you and moving towards me. Jesus made a way, the Holy Spirit now lives within us and God is still moving everything towards. Yeah, we we can't fully taste all of who God is right now. We can't fully experience all of who he is right now. Not until we are on the other side and heaven and earth is truly united. Can we experience God in all of his fullness, in all of his glory, in all of his majesty? But that is what he's doing, is moving us towards that and inviting us to join him in it. So man, you you want to talk about trust? You know, trust is built over time. Trust is built through shared experiences. Trust is built, hey, you show up over and over and over again so that I know that I can trust you. God has been building trust with us, him and humanity since the very beginning of creation. And all along, he's still showing himself trustworthy. He's still showing himself faithful. I I think that if God can be faithful in the big things and we can know that to be true, and you can, then man, that, that only helps us be able to trust God in the small things, in the big things, in all things in our life. So where is it in your life that you need to trust God? Where is it in, in, in your life that you're, you're just hanging on and you don't know where to turn, you don't know what to do, you wish that there was somebody to trust? What if I told you you could trust the God of the universe more than you can trust any other or any human being? What if you could trust him? What if you knew that he was there for you? What if you knew that he wasn't distant, but he was very, very close? And what if you knew that he had a track record unlike anyone else's 
that you could trust him. So is it in your family? Is it things going on, like right now you're just battling through some mental stuff? Is it your future? Is it the piles of schoolwork that you have on your plate right now? Is it Thanksgiving and Christmas and maybe yours doesn't quite look like everybody else's? Or maybe you're nervous about how that family situation is going to go. I don't know what the area is in your life where you just need to trust God with it, but we all have something, and he has proven his faithfulness and his trustworthiness over time since the very beginning. So would you trust him? Let me pray. God, thank you for, from the very beginning, you were showing us that you are trustworthy. In, in the ways that you created us, in how you originally intended to be with us, to dwell with us. And God, even though we tore this whole thing apart, we, we messed this whole thing up, we chose to go our own direction and not to trust you in the beginning. You have still been moving us towards what life was intended to be. Us and you dwelling together, living together, doing life together. God, I pray that we could zoom out and get this big picture and, and see that you are trustworthy. You've been trustworthy over all of time. You are trustworthy in all things. Help us to trust you with the things we have going on in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.